This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Go with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 6. Now, we've been talking about the trajectory of faith here, and for the last several weeks, we've been on what happens with the words out of our mouth, the power in them. Um, some of the sp- uh, uh, scriptural reference we use, Matthew 12, 34, said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So again, what I put in my heart is going to come out of my mouth. A great one, a great one for you to, to memorize is uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty one: death and life are in the power of my tongue. And so over and over, you begin to see passages in the scripture that will begin to locate us with the words that come out of our mouth. And so we're going to add on it here again tonight a a little bit more. Now, remember this. The moment that I speak words out of my mouth, I've given birth to those words. And me and you are profoundly influenced by the words that we speak about our lives and ourselves. You know, so much that the Lord said in, in Hebrews 13, 6, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. In, in uh, the book of Joel, chapter 3, verse 1, he said, Let the weak say, I am strong. And so, so much of what takes place in our lives is through the words we speak. Now, begin here in this proverb t- tonight, in chapter 6 of Proverbs, verse 2. You are snared or trapped by the words of your mouth. So, just flipping that around... Because of the words that come out of my mouth, they have the ability to, to snare me or to trap me. The last part of verse 2, you are taken or you are caught by the words of your mouth. Now, right here, he lets us know that within our mouth, we have the ability to be caught, to be snared, to entrap by the words we speak. And oftentimes, as human beings, we get real good about talking about our problems, to talking about our circumstances, to talking about how bad it is. And when I constantly talk about the negatives, the bad, the evil in my life, I'm going to live in defeat. Now, if you have a habit of saying stuff like this, nothing good ever happens to me, we never get blessed, guess what? Nothing good's probably ever going to happen to you. Because you've spoken this out of your mouth. And so stop speaking the problem and start speaking the answer or the solution. Now what happens with as many times as humans, we use our words to describe our our situations. Instead of using our words to describe our situations, use your words to change your situation. Begin to speak in line with the word of God. Now, I want to sit here just a second on this. Part of getting born again, part of where you'll spend your eternity at, is based on the words that come out of your mouth. That's Romans 10. That you confess with your mouth and you believe with your heart. So the way I, I receive Jesus and get born again, part of it is believing my heart, the other is speaking with my mouth. So again, we're safe to say, My eternal destination, part of it comes from what I speak out of my mouth. Now, I'm just giving you little illustrations right here briefly on how important your words are. 
Think about when you get married. The marriage ceremony, I mean, I think so many people miss it. It's not about how pretty the bride's dress is. Now, ladies, I know that's a big deal, okay? I'm not downplaying it. But a lot of times, we have more emphasis on what the bride wears, what the groomsmen wear, the size of the ring, how pretty the cake is. But in actuality, the most important or significant thing in the whole wedding ceremony is the vows. Those things we look at each other and we speak and we say stuff like, till death do me part. And some of you said, I never said it. Yeah, you did. And then the big thing is, you don't walk into the marriage covenant until you actually say, I do. So again, one of the most significant areas in life then, even in marriage, is my confession, the words that come out of my mouth. How about this? If you've ever been sworn in to testify at the court of law, they say to you, raise your right hand and say this, I swear to tell the truth, whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God. And you look at them and say, well, I think so. No, you say, I do. So even a part of that swearing in into a court of law comes from you saying, I do. So the power of our words. Now, I want you to go to the book of Genesis chapter 27. Genesis chapter 27. So again, I need to learn to declare words of life. Not not negative, not death, not doom, not despair. It's one thing to learn to quit speaking negative things, but that's not enough. Not only do I need to quit saying negative or stupid things out of my mouth, I need to learn to start saying the Word of God. I need to get on the offensive and say positive things. Now, here's something that happened to me just the other night. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to my 11-year-old grandson's birthday party, and it's out at the corn maze. I've never been to the corn maze. So I'm sitting there watching a bunch of little 11-year-old boys do stuff, and so we get to the corn maze, and, of course, they inform me that I am a group leader. I didn't volunteer to be a group leader, but anyhow, I'm standing there, and it's amazing to me when I start hearing the words that are coming out of people's mouth. Now, listen, I'm not condemning you here, okay? This may locate you, but... I would venture to say in that two hours that I spent there, a minimum of a hundred times, I heard stuff like this. I hate being around this corn. I hate this time of year because it messes with my allergies and I, I stay stopped up. I stay stopped up. I can't breathe. I can't sleep. You know what? The whole fall, I'm miserable. It's torment. And I'm sitting there just listening to what people say constantly about themselves. Again, if I really believe the word of God, death and life are in the power of my tongue. I can get a hold of this or you don't have, you can look and say, that's a bunch of bull. Well, it's in the Bible, okay? Now, in this passage, it's very long, but I, I want you to see some things. Begin with me in Genesis 27, verse 1. Now, it came to pass when Isaac was old, and his eyes were so dim that he could not see, that he called Esau, his older son, to him, my son. And he answered him, and he said, here I am. Now, Isaac was the father. Esau was, he had twins. Isaac had twin sons, Esau and Jacob. Esau was the oldest of the two. Keep reading, verse 2. Then he said, behold, now I'm old. I do not know the day of my death. 
Now, therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver, your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me. And make for me savory food such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat that my soul may bless you before I die. Now, the word bless here means to transfer from one to another. The word bless means to transfer from one to another. The New Living says right here that I will pronounce or I will speak the blessing. Now, many times when we see this, we think, okay, what actually is this talking about? I I came across a definition that just brought this to life. It talked about that when they spoke the blessing over their children, it literally had this meaning You set their direction. You set their direction in life. So in other words, by the words of your mouth, you are pointing them to things in their life. Verse 5. Now Rebekah, who was Isaac's mother, was listening when Isaac spoke to Esau's son. And Esau went to the field to hunt game and to bring. So Rebekah spoke to Jacob, her son, saying, Indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother, saying... Bring me game and make savory food for me that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me from there two choice kids of the goats, and I will make savory food from them for your father such he loves. Then you shall take it to your father that he may eat it, that he may bless you before his death. Now, when you read this right here, and this is crazy deception. She's literally trying to trick him. And so you got to ask yourself with this question. Why was she going into this extreme? It was about the thing of the blessing. She wanted the other son to have the blessing. She knew it was so important that what daddy Isaac spoke over there as boys was. Verse 11. And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, look, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man. And I am a smooth-skinned man. Now, if you're hairy, you're you're from Esau, okay? You're descendant. If you're smooth-skinned, you're pro- no. I'm just throwing that in there, okay? Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be a deceiver to him, and I shall bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. Now, just right here in verse verse twelve, with Jacob's words. He understands how serious this was. He knew that the word that his father would speak over them had the ability to impact them for life, whether for good or for evil. Now now think about this. He knows the words of his father will set the direction for his life. Now in, in saying that right there, I want you just to think this for a minute. If you're a parent in this room right now, we either speak blessings over our children, we set the direction, or we speak curses over them. And I believe this with all my heart. A lot of times we speak negative or evil things about our children and we don't even think about it. But the blessing can't become the blessing until it's spoken. It's very similar with the, the, the words we say of ourselves. So anytime we look at our children and say something like this, man, are, are you the dumbest kid in the world? If you had brains, you would take them out and play with them. 
So every one of us had saved stuff that we really don't mean. But even we go back this. How many of us had stuff that was spoken over us? And literally often the very things that were spoken over us, they set the direction for our life. And so here's this young man named Jacob. Him and Esau, the brothers, they realized the significance of a spoken blessing. Verse 13. But his mother said to him, let your curse be on me. Let me bear the blame, my son. Only obey my voice and go get them for me. And he went and got them and brought them to his mother. His mother made the food and such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the choice clothes of her elder son Esau, which were in her house, and she put them on Jacob, her younger son. It's just a side note. They had to have gorilla glue back then. I really believe they glued that all over him. They stuck it on him. And I mean, she's got it all over him. Keep reading. Verse 16. And he put the skins of the kids on the goats, on his hands, and on the smooth part of his neck. Then she gave the savory food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. So he went to his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? And Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. Now, guys, he, he blatantly lies right here, okay? I realize this is one of the patriarchs, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. This is who this dude is. One of the points I want to point out here, though, it shows me these guys weren't perfect, okay? Guess what? That gives me and you hope, all right? And we can repent, we can get right. So he basically lies here. And he says, I'm Esau, your firstborn. I have done just as you told me. Please arise, sit and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, how is it you have found it so quickly, my son? And he said, because the Lord your God brought it to me. Liar, liar, pants on fire. When he says this right here, this makes Isaac very suspicious because Esau did not have the relationship that Jacob did with God. Now watch what goes on here. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come near that I may feel you, my son, whether you're really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to his Isaac, his father. He felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. So he blessed him. Now, here's what I want to point out. How did he bless him? He spoke over him. So again, the power and the significance of the words that he said they impacted his life, and they set, set the direction for his life. So he blesses him. Verse 24. Then he said, are you really my son? And he said, I am. And he said, bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's game so that my soul may bless you. So he brought it near to him. He ate, he brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near, and he kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his clothing. And he blessed him, and he said... He blessed him and he said. Now I want you to see the significance of speaking the blessing. Now watch what takes place here. Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Therefore, may God give you of the dew of heaven, the rain of the heaven, of the fatness or the riches of earth, and plenty of grain which represented the necessity of life, and wine, the pleasures. Let people serve you, nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren and let your mother's sons bow down to you. 
Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be those who bless you. Now, right here, he sets the direction for Jacob's life. And he speaks the blessing and the blessing was material prosperity. It had to do with political supremacy. And he said, I won't allow others to curse you. Fast forward many moons later. If you study the history of Jacob's life, to a T, every bit of this took place. It happened. And so right here in this passage, you begin to see what happens when I speak blessings. But the story doesn't end. Watch now in verse number 30. Now it happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came to end from his hunting. He also made savory fruit and brought it to his father, and he said to his father, Let my father rise, eat of his son's game, that your soul may bless me. Now Esau comes in, and guess what he's wanting? He's wanting the blessing of a father. I don't believe things have changed. But in Jewish custom, understand this. The children knew the significance of when a father would bless his children. It amazes me right here that Jacob and Esau both were like, we got to have that blessing. Because the words that my father speaks over me will literally set the direction in my life. Verse 32. And his father Isaac said to him, who are you? And he said, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly. And he said, who? Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came and I blessed him. And indeed, he shall be blessed. In other words, I spoke it out of my mouth and I can't take it back. So again, when we speak things out of our mouths, they take a life upon just as they're spoken out. Verse 34. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry. And he said to his father, bless me also, my father. Verse 35. But he said, your brother came with deceit. And he has taken away your blessing. Now again, this this passage is insightful and powerful. But I must understand here. The words that that we speak out of our mouth. The blessing is creative words. The curse are destructive words. And again, like I said a minute ago. When you follow the life of Jacob. And it wasn't an easy life. It wasn't a piece of cake. But all those blessings that were spoke over him, they happen. Now go back into the New Testament to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. The power of my words. Listen, over my own life. Quit speaking failure over your life. Quit speaking stuff like I'm, I'm, I'm stupid, I'm so forgetful. Begin to speak the things of the word of God over your life. Quit telling everybody what you are and say what the word says you are. Now, we were here in James 3. I encourage you in your own personal reading, 
Read James chapter, starting in chapter, or chapter 3. Read that entire uh, chapter. We're going to pick up in verse 8. James 3, verse 8. But no man can tame the tongue. Man can't. God can. But man can't. It, the tongue, is unruly evil, and it is full of deadly poison. Now, there is a nugget right there. If I don't get a hold out of my tongue, what spews out of me is evil and poison. He clarifies it right there. Before I got born again and gave my heart to Jesus, I spewed poison. Most of us did. But when I give my heart to Jesus, stuff must begin to change in my life. Verse 9. With it, our tongue, we bless our God and Father. And with it, our tongue, we curse men who've been made in the similitude or the likeness of God. And so right here in this verse, he says, listen, you're, you're notoriously inconsistent. And he's saying to us, raise, raise the standard right here. Move on up. Now, I want you to think just for a second. When he said, out of our mouth, we bless God, but then we curse men. And he's not saying the curse here, using the Lord's name, or you blankety, blankety, blank, you son of a billy goat, none of that, okay? He's saying the curse words are negative words. They're words of evil. They are destructive words. Now, think just a second. Who out of your mouth do you curse? Who out of your mouth do you bless? See, it's very easy to get caught up in a pattern where we curse ourselves, we curse our spouse, we curse our kids, we curse our boss. But right here, he warns us and said, these things should not be as a Christian. Verse 10. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing, my brother, these things I'm not told to be. Does a spring sing forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? No, it doesn't. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives? No, it can't. Or a grapevine bear frigs? No. Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. So you know what he's telling me right here? It's going to be one or the other. I'm going to speak blessings or I'm going to speak cursing. Daily. That's what happens with every one of us. Now, this will be the last passage I'll go to tonight. The book of Mark, chapter 11. The book of Mark, chapter 11. Understand the legal aspects of my word. Death or life, blessing or cursing. And you know the great thing about this? You choose and I choose. You choose and I choose. Now, I will tell you, I've been negative. I've been real negative in my life at times. Man, I hated it. I hated it. But again, it took someone bringing it to my attention. Now, if you've been here the last few weeks, I'm going to say it again. Years ago, when we begin to study the Word of God, every bit of this is in the Bible. Me and Shelly, my wife, we made a pact, and we said, anytime one of us says anything negative or doesn't agree with the Word of God, you have the right to correct us. Now, I will say, I didn't like it at first because it was running about ten times to one. We'd drive down the road about 10 times in a row. She'd say, is that what you want? Is that what you want? No, no. Then why are you saying that? Well, 
But you know what it began to do? It began to yank my little chain. And so uh, James 1, verses 19 says this, Be swift to hear and slow to speak. Most of us have that reversed. We're swift to, to, to speak and we're slow to hear. But here, here's a great revelation for us today. Why did God give us two ears and one mouth? <laughs> Just a thought. Maybe that's a new proverb. All right, Mark 11, verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God or the God kind of faith. Now watch what he says. He doesn't just tell us have faith in God or how the God kind of faith is. He tells us how it operates. Watch closely. For surely I say to you, me, you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but he believes those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Now, here's the issue when it comes to mountains, because every one of us have mountains in our life. Many times what we start doing, we start talking about the mountains, how bad they are, how difficult they are. But if you'll note there in, in the start of Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus said, Whoever will speak or say to the mountain. So here's the deal. I'm either going to talk about the mountain or I'm going to start talking to the mountain. And so the question then arises, well, what do we say to the mountain? One of the best things you start speaking to the mountains in your life is exactly what the Lord Jesus did. So if we went to the book of Matthew chapter 4 on three different occasions, the devil was tempting him and saying stuff to him. On all three responses, Jesus replied back to him, It is written. It is, you want to silence the devil? You want to silence them? Start speaking the Bible to your mountains. And let me give you an illustration of what I mean. I can be an experiencing lack in my life where I don't have enough. I have more month than money. And I can go around and I can say out of my mouth stuff like this. We're always broke. We never have enough. Easy to get caught up in that trap. But what would happen if I begin to quote Philippians 4.19? My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So what I've just started doing out of my mouth, I've got my mouth in line with the word of God. And I begin to speak to the mountain. Now, if you'll note here, he didn't deny the mountain. He didn't act like the mountain didn't exist. He didn't take the mountain of his life and he'd throw it under the rug and act like it'd go away. No, he said, you begin to speak to the mountain. So I find scriptures that pertain to whatever I'm going in and you load up. You load up with scriptures. You write them. You read them. You speak them. Remember Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth. I meditate on it. I recite it there day and night that I may observe to do it. And then it says, and then you'll make your way prosperous. And then you'll have good success. The problem with us as human beings, especially in the society we live in, we are some ATM Christians. We want it now. I've had people say this to me before. Pastor, I spoke to the mountain for two days and nothing happened. Serious as they could be. See, the problem is, too, at times, we've got to have some persistence. When you think about a size of a mountain, that didn't happen overnight. 
the same way it's going to come. You just keep speaking. You keep speaking to the mountain. You keep saying to your mountain what God said. And you watch what God will do. Now, I want to give you a balance here, okay? I, I can't speak the word of God and expect the word of God to, wo- to work on my behalf if I don't obey the word of God. So what I'm saying here, sometimes people have spoken the word of God and they said, we're doing what the word said here, but I'm disobeying in another area of my life. Again, I am being a, a respecter of the word of God. I, I'm playing the word of God like multiple choice. I like this one, but I don't like that one. See, I got to have that balance in my life. But so much of this with the trajectory of faith, I've got to learn to start speaking the word. Now, you say, Pastor, you have this mastered? Not. Not even close. That's why periodically each year I will speak on this because I need need my faith to rise back up. And so again, welcome the word of God. Start speaking it out of your mouth. Find stuff that pertain to you. I'm going to give you one more last, just little illustration that I, I really believe will happen in my life. For years of my life, I walked in my sleep. Crazy stuff. Bizarre stuff. I mean, just weird stuff that freak you out. Getting outside and walking around the neighborhood and just, just crazy stuff. Uh, Two weeks ago, I drive by this townhouse we used to live in. And I said to Shelly, I said, remember that townhouse right there? And she said, yeah. And I said, that's the one I climbed down the balcony in my sleep, remember? And she said, yeah, how could I forget? I'm the one that had to come down and open the door when you started ringing the doorbell. (laughs) True story. So again, my sleep is horrible. And I'm all over the place. I got to pray one day, and the Lord began to bring me scripture references. These will roll out of me because I still I speak them over my life. Proverbs three twenty four. He gives his beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. Psalms four and eight. Psalms one twenty seven four, I believe it is one seven twenty seven two. All these pertain to my sleep. So guess what? My sleep's horrible at that time. So I just start getting my mouth in line with the word of God. And I would say that over myself. I'd speak to my pillow. I'd speak to my bed. I'd speak to me. I'd say, listen, you're his beloved. When you lie down, you go to sleep. You have sweet and peaceful sleep. And you guys said in the first night, you slept like a baby. No. And I got a mouth. I keep speaking. I keep speaking. I keep speaking. I'm telling you now. When this little head hits the pillow, he's out. I sleep like a baby. Now, what did I do? Do I get dressed in a phone booth? No, I don't get dressed in a phone booth. I just speak the word of God. Just the same like me and you. Man, God loves it when we... So I begin to get my mouth in line with what I was believing for. And I'll tell you, begin to speak the things of God. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.